Andre, I'm alcoholic. Andre! And, uh, best thing I can tell you guys is my sobriety date, which is April the 15th of 2002. And for that, God does get all the credit. Because for 35 years, I drank and I used. And uh, I ran the streets of Detroit. That's where I'm from. And uh, mom did the best she can, but trying to raise two boys and uh, doing what we were doing. And pops was a drunk. And, you know, it's that, it's that inner city lifestyle that uh, just took over. You know, I didn't grow up in a nice neighborhood. Uh, you didn't know how to fight. You were getting your money took on a daily basis. Um, mom never went on welfare. She worked 42 years at a job that, uh, you know, same shift, four o'clock in the afternoon, 12 o'clock at night. So y'all know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I get to run the streets with the boys. <laughs> Live life on life terms, <laughs> or should I say on my terms, yeah. right? Because uh, nobody ever told me, go help somebody, you get the best life ever, you know? <laughs> nobody ever told us that, you know? Uh, we learn to steal and, and take other people's stuff, and and um, and our lifestyle was just that lifestyle. I'm that urban, you know, ghetto kid from Detroit, you know, and uh, I'll tell you, man, I'm, I don't know. Alcohol Synonymous is a different, different way of living that I never thought uh, I would ever be a part of. It's not my first time here. I've been here before. But, you know, when you grew up in Detroit, I was pretty good at sports. So I led it at nine. I led it nine times in high school. And uh, and that's how I ended up in California. And uh, but the bad part about it is, you know, wherever you go, there you are. And uh, and that's that's me. I'm just like anybody else, right? I, let me see if you guys can identify. I'm not sure. So when I get somewhere, I'm an A-model citizen, right? I walk in, I don't know nobody. I keep to myself. I, I just don't, don't bother anybody. I'm always looking around, scoping out the scene, seeing who the players are, right? And then after a little while, after you find out, I come out of my little cocoon, right? And I started like, Hey, hey, how you doing? Hey. And next thing you know, I'm running the show all over again. You know, everywhere I go, there I am. You know, and it's just like that with me. You know, my life was, uh, my mom is uh, not an alcoholic. You know, uh, matter of fact, there's an interesting story about my mom. She had a six pack for three Super Bowls. <laughs> you know, she, uh, she doesn't drink, you know. But me, I ran the streets of Detroit. I uh, did a lot of things I'm not proud of. Um, I try to give back today. Uh, this is not what I thought my life would be. You know, I had plans for my life. You know, I was a, I was a good football player, but I was a damn good baseball player. And, uh, you know, I made the all-star teams in Detroit, Little League. Uh, we went to the all-star games and, you know, we did a lot of things that uh, I tried to get out of that that zone, you know, because peer pressure is, is something that we all have to deal with when you're kids, you know, and um, I always tell people, you know, I always tell people, man, I'm getting out of here, you know, but baseball was my thing, but football, I like football, you know, I like football because it gave me the, it gave me an opportunity to let out some aggression. And, uh, and that's how I ended up in California playing football. And uh, I got kicked out the football team because I'm selfish and self-centered. I'm not here to help you. I'm here to help myself. It's always all about me. It's not about you. 
You guys are just there. I'm here to take over. I'm like Pinky in the brain. I'm, you know, I'm taking over the world. You know, I got, I got plans. Randy, I'm waiting on little kids to come so I can sign the autograph. You know, I got big plans for myself. But uh, drinking was always a part of my life. You know, uh, I used to consider myself like a, a top shelf drinker. You know, you know, top shelf drinker. You know, I like the XO. You know what I mean? I like I like the, the top shelf, but, but I found out that still reserve does the same thing. You know, it's like, you know, it really don't matter because I don't I don't drink to for the taste. I really drink for the effects. You know, um, I've never in my life loved something so much that beat me down so bad. And you know what? You never know God's all you need until God's all you got. And I ran my life, called myself doing my thing uh, for many, 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 many years. And I never even knew Alcoholics Anonymous existed. You know how I found out about Alcoholics Anonymous? I was in jail. That's how I found out about Alcoholics Anonymous. A guy told me, hey man, you can go to this place called the Rocks. And I said, dude, I ain't trying to get out. He said, he said, no, man, they got girls there. I'm in. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I went back. I went back in front of the judge. I fired the public pretender. You know, and I, and I threw myself on the mercy of the court. And, and you know what? They sent me there. And, and, and let me tell you, I got off, out that little van with my, my little brown paper bag, man. And uh, I walked in that door, and I'm going to get sober. And I saw this chick, man. She was fired, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, she turned the nose up at me. I knew I had to have her. Yeah. <laughs> and I pursued her, right? You know, boy meets girl on AA campus. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And um, we walked around the, around the building holding hands with our big book, you know? And uh, we so in love, <laughs> right? We sat, in, we sat in the grass and uh, she read the book, big book while I looked at her boobs and I had recovered. <laughs> you know what I mean? I recovered, you know? <laughs> I am so delusional when I get here that I don't know what's good for me. I think I do. I think I know what's good for me, but I really don't. You know, because everything that I want when I get here is stuff I've already had. The only thing I've never had is sobriety. And when I got to that, when I got over to the Rock Center, they asked me if I had a sponsor. I said, yeah, his name is John. Plenty, plenty of Johns in AA, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, I hear people talking about the four step, the four step, the four step. You know, and I don't know nothing about AA. I'm so blind to AA when I get here that I'm looking for real steps. I mean, like the steps you, I'm looking for real steps. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but because of who I am, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh -huh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm zero. Green is not the word. You know what I mean? I don't know nothing. And so I wrote a four step. I read it to myself. I did a great job. I bought it up and <laughs> threw it in the trash. I don't need what you guys need. You guys, you guys got 12 steps. That's a lot. I only need like two or three of these because y'all are pretty messed up. I am so delusional when I get here that I don't know what's going on. Just like when I got to California, right? I thought a jacuzzi was an apartment complex. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
I don't know nothing about burritos and tostados and, and none of that. I mean, what is refried beans? Why you got a brown fries? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know anything when I get here, but I think I do. I think I do. I know how to handle a gun. I know how to strong arm people. I know how to steal from people, but I have no real life skills. And I think that these are the skills that I need in order to be something. I wanted to be an accountant because all I want to do is count money. That's the only reason I want to be an accountant. I want to learn, I want to count money. I want to do it quick and on the spot. And that's why I wanted to be an accountant. But you know what? Going to school was great. And, you know, it, it was really good, you know, but I brought me with me. So here we are playing the last game of the season. Coach won't start me. And I'm on the, you know, quote unquote, the freshman squad. And um, they line us up. And I'm pissed. Season, last game of the season. I hit the tailback. I cracked his ribs. And the coach kicked me out of the team. And um, i never forget. He kicked me in my ass. And he told me to get the hell off this field. And he told me I was selfish. And that was the first time anybody had ever told me I was selfish. But you know what? I, would, I, I really don't care what he said because I turned around to fuck me up. And I went and started playing baseball. And, and this dude said, what makes you think you can walk on my field and, and play for us? What makes you think you're good enough? And I told him, just, just let me suit up and, and you'll find out. And that took me to Cal State Fullerton, which in turn from there, I ended up playing some semi-pro baseball. But the problem is, we drink all the time. Drink is all my, always my go-to, always. When you get out of, a, out of a catcher's gear and you go into the locker room and there's a big, you know, 55 gallon uh, tub full of beer and ice, and you don't leave until it's all gone because I'm a real alcoholic, right? I'm not leaving any bottles. You know, I'm looking around, making sure nobody else left none, right? <laughs> I have to do what I have to do. And the bad part about it, I don't know what alcoholism is. See, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm, when I'm getting loaded, I turn into things. You know, I could be an astronaut, a pharmacist. I do drywall, cement, you know, great fisherman, you know, because when, I, when I'm getting loaded, there's one thing I never say. I don't know. I know everything when I'm getting loaded, right? And I get those great, man, those great Academy Award performances, you know? I've been nominated for several Oscars, you know what I mean? You know, baby, you know I love you. <laughs> my, my mom done forever and that famous one right with the tear coming down the side of my face but let me hold 20 you know what I mean <laughs> you know, when you when you work on a craft and that's what I call it a craft you know when you work on a craft of lying cheating you know what I mean stealing people's not only money but affection when you work on that craft pretty soon you start to become a professional you know, you become a professional. The problem is that doesn't work in here. Because in here, nobody cares what you say. 
everybody's watching what you do. But see, I don't know that. I don't know that. They would ask me, Andre, what step you on for? You know, I don't know. You put the plug in the jug for a while and life gets different. Life gets different. You got a little more money in your pocket. You know what I mean? You're able to go to the movies. You know, you might even find a, a companion, you know, but the behavior continues. The behavior continues. And that's one of the things that I love about Alcoholics Anonymous. A lot of people say that they're in the program, but are you really in the program? Because if you're doing Alcoholics Anonymous, you're pretty tired. You're pretty tired. I work a job and I work with people. I'm tired. You know what I mean? But if you ain't doing nothing, then you probably got a lot of energy. You probably springy. You know, you ready like, hey, what's up? What y'all doing after the meeting? You know? I ain't got it like that. See, when I when I left the rock center and put the plug in the jug for a little while, I was able to obtain some things. I furnished an apartment, I got a good job, I still catching the bus, but life was getting different. And just like that book says, the same man will drink again. And I remember like yesterday, we were having a heat, a heat wave, it was triple digits like all week long, and I got off the bus and the ice cold beer sounded real good. And it, you know, it was just a thought until I walked across the street and got a 32 ounce thing of butter. And I drunk that Budweiser and threw it in the trash and I went and laid down, went to sleep, woke up, showered, went to work. And you know what? I did exactly what the guy in the book said. Maybe I'm making too big a deal of this thing. Yeah. But see, I don't know that I primed the pipe already. You know what I mean? In my head, which in case y'all don't know, it's a shit manufacturer. <laughs> right? It manufactures shit without my permission. Right? Without my permission. I, and, and you know what? Something popped up in there and it said, man, you did good. That was Wednesday, bro. You did good. You know? 18 pack, that should probably last you all through football this week, preseason football this week, and next week. And I say, yeah, I can do this. Right? So I get the, the 18 pack, I come home. I don't even drink on Friday. I got willpower. I got willpower. I don't even drink on Friday. Saturday I get up, I make some breakfast. Start the rotation, right? One in the freezer. Eat my breakfast. It's ice cold now. Football come on at 10. Turn on the preseason football, grab it out, rotate, go have a seat. By halftime, the 18 pack gone. I'm drinking alcoholically. But when you don't know what you're doing, I didn't know I was drinking alcoholically. I just felt that they was ice cold, they went down fast. You know what I mean? I'm like the guy in the book, as careless as, it, as if it was ginger ale, you know? And, uh, I got another idea, because the shit manufacturer is always manufacturing, right? And they say, you know what, Dre? Why don't you just get a 12-pack and a pint of Remy, you know? 
And I had to take care of it. That will hold you down. <laughs> so I walked my drunk ass up to the store, trying to walk up like everything's okay, right? <laughs> you know, putting on the front like we do, right? And uh, I picked up what I needed, and I, I came back home. And a friend of mine called me up. He said, Dre, what you doing, man? I said, man, I'm just chilling, man. <laughs> he said, yeah, let me, you, you, I'm going to come by. I said, come on. He gets by. We sitting there watching TV. And he got some of this little white powder stuff. Mm. And uh, i never forget. He said, man, you don't mind if I, if I spill something on your table? I said, man, I don't care what you do. I don't do that no more. Because uh-huh. I got these glass tables, right? <laughs> so... I'm sitting there watching the game, right? Sipping my beer, looking at him, right? Sipping my beer, looking at him, right? <laughs> and finally, I said, man, just give me a little short one, bro. <laughs> I get that little short one, right? And all of a sudden, when it hit the back of my, my throat, I reach in my pocket, I say, hey, call that guy up, man. <laughs> now, I don't know about you guys, but I like nice things. I'm not, I'm not a cheap person. I, I love quality Nice things. They cost a lot of money, right? But I'm that guy that buys high and sells low because it became a fire sale. You know? <laughs> that that you know that that TV I had, I just paid you know twenty five hundred dollars for hundred bucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> that that leather, that leather, leather sofa and chair and all that stuff I had, I, I paid five grand for hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I buy high and I sell low. You know why? Because everything's got to go. The beast got to eat. The beast has got to eat. It don't care. It doesn't care about you crying. It doesn't care about you being homeless. It doesn't care about anything. Once this thing got its grips in you, I don't know about you guys, but when this thing got its grips in me, I'm as helpless as a baby. There's nothing I can do. There's things I want to do, but there's nothing I can do. When this thing has got me, if my mom's life depended on me, she would die because I can't get there. I don't know about you. I can't get there. Never in my life have I messed with anything like this disease because no matter how bad it beats you down, I was afraid to separate myself from it, even though I know it's beating me down. To walk away from it would have been a a noble act. But I'm scared to death, man. You put a gun in my hand, I'm comfortable. You put a big book in my hand, I go, oh! You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm scared to death. I'm scared to death. I don't know about you. I know for myself, man, I drink and I use against my own will. Even when I said I wouldn't do it, I did it anyway. And when I meant it, with every fiber in my body, I did it anyway. People would say, hey, Dre, what's up, man? I'd be like, what's up, dog? And I'm dying on the inside. I don't know how you got here. I got here soulless. I had no soul when I got here. I was so empty when I got here, man, that there was nothing in me. Zero. All I was just walking around sucking air. That's it. That's it. I got survival skills. I don't have life skills. I can survive anywhere you put me. But you know what? This disease doesn't care about my survival skills. All it cares about is keeping me down. And so here I am, back in Alcoholics Anonymous. But you know, the road to get here wasn't easy. 
Because you know what? I got a lot of pride. I ain't got shit, but I got a lot of pride. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I got a lot of pride. Don't tell me what to do. You know what I mean? I mean, it's people like that. I, I know I see it all the time. The way I got here this time was a chain of events, right? And so you never know how God's orchestrated things in your life. And you, he doesn't need your permission to help you. Because he got it. He can do whatever the hell he want to do, right? <laughs> For me, it was a chain of events that got me back in the rooms about Osnana. I don't know if you like me or not, but I wanted to get here long before I got here. Before I got here, I wanted to get here. I just couldn't get here. This thing up here, if I could snatch it out and still live, I would. But I can't. Alcoholics Anonymous teaches me how to look at it for what it is, entertainment only, you know? Because this thing up here has always got something going on. So this is how I got here. I beat a guy to $300, eight ball of cocaine, and I'm homeless. I call up a guy I know, he's legally blind, and asked if I could come by his house. He said, sure, Dre. So I get by his house. He said, hey, man, uh, I'm about to go to bed, but you, you can crash. I said, man, you, you don't want to get loaded? I got a, I got a fifth of Remy, you know? And uh, I got an eight ball, and I'm like, man, you, you. he said, no, nah, man. No, I'm good. I'm going, I'm going to bed. He said, but I do got this new movie, man, called Dumb and Dumb. <laughs> I say, man, I want to see that. He said, yeah, it's in the VHS, man. I said, cool, dude. I said, all right, man, I'll check. So I do my little thing with this, and I get everything prepped up. I got the lights out, right? I want that theater <laughs> effect, right? And uh, I push that VHS. In and, and I'm sitting there and I'm getting loaded, man, and I'm watching Dumb and Dumber and shit, and all the lights out, and then I look over, man, I see a mouse. Now I'm from Detroit. Rats and me, we good. I don't deal with mice, though. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't do that. I don't do that. You know, they run up your leg, they do all kind of old crazy little stuff. I ain't trying to do that. I spent the whole night chasing this mouse. Rewinding Dumb and Dumber, and chasing his mouse all over his house. He over here, he over there, damn he fast. You know? I'm chasing this mouse all over this house. Rewind the dumb and dumber, running back, taking the swig, hitting a hit, you know, just doing. I mean, I'm all over this house, man. Finally, man, you know, uh, the sun started coming up. <laughs> the mouse gone. I never watched Dumb and Dumber. All the drugs gone, all the alcohol gone. And uh I said, you know what? I can't do this no more. My buddy got up. I said, man, I'm going to get some help. He said, Dre, I don't care what you do. He went and got in the shower. So I jumped in that car, man. You know, the one I ain't paid the car note on in seven months that they looking for the tags, two years old, no insurance, my license suspended. But y'all know how we do it, right? As long as I got the keys, it's mine, right? And uh, I'm rolling. I'm going back to the only place that I knew. I didn't know it was all these treatment centers and recovery homes out here. I didn't know about that. You know, I had no idea. The only place I knew was the place that I had went to. 
And that's where I went back to. And the lady there called Stanton Detox and uh, they said, call back in an hour. Well, I knew if I waited an hour, I wasn't going. I knew that. So I got back in that car and I just headed that way. But on my way, I said, you know what? I need to call my mom because I ain't talked to her, you know? I think it's been, it had been probably about six months, maybe five months, six months, somewhere in that area, you know? And so I called her up and uh, I heard a voice on the phone, man, I just started crying. I felt like a loser. I felt like a failure. I felt like, you know what, all the stuff that lady did to help me in my life and look where I am right now, you know? I mean, I'm empty on the inside, there's nothing there. And, uh, she told me something that I share with the new people that identify. She said, Andre, you come too far to stop now. So I get to this detox, I wipe my eyes. I walk up in there. I ain't never called, right? I walk through the door and uh, I tell them who I am. They say, you're supposed to call in an hour. And just like a good alcoholic, fuck y'all in, forget it. I, you know, I just start, you know, I put up the defenses, right? I put up the defenses. And the lady say, whoa, cowboy, slow down. <laughs> say, why don't you just go back there and take a, and lay down for a minute. And let me tell you, when my head hit that pillow, it was like a big weight had lifted off of me. Because I was scared to even go. I didn't even know what a detox was. I had never been in a detox before. I had no idea what it was. But I was willing to do whatever I had to do, not to go back to where I was. And before I knew it, I heard this. Panel. <laughs> what? What's a panel? I just rolled over. I just rolled over and ignored it. And the dude came back. Panel, you got to get up. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It seemed like I had just laid down. So I walk in this dining hall. It's two ladies, it's two men. And I walk and I sit way in the back because I don't want to catch this shit. This AA shit. No, no, no. I ain't catching this. The lady started speaking and this thing took off, man. Fuck that bitch. She lying. Up. <laughs> the guy started speaking. Who the fuck you think he is? <laughs> my head just takes off without my permission. Sort of like what probably some guys doing in here right now. I get it. 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 It's all good. I did it too, you know? And, and let me tell you, people would come in there for visiting and I didn't want nothing to do with nobody. They, hey man, you need some help? Hell no, I don't need no help. <laughs> I got this. But really what I really want is Burger King sobriety. I want to have it my way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to tell my sponsor how he need to handle me, you know? Because I know what I need. I know what I mean. You don't know me, right? You don't know me. That's our Nate's favorite word, right? You don't know me. If you identified as an alcoholic, everybody in this room knows you. <laughs> everybody. Because everybody in this room got one thing in common. Once we start, we can't stop. You know? So the only thing that we can do is do what the book tells us to do. Now, when I'm in detox, I got this t-shirt on that I've been wearing for probably about two, maybe three weeks, right? So if I could smell it, I know you could smell it. 
<laughs> my mom always told me that. She said, if you can smell yourself, everybody else can smell you too. So I go to the office and I say, hey, you think you guys got a t-shirt I might be able to get? And she said, yeah, just go in the donations right there. I'm going through the bag, right? Through the loom, no, nah, I don't want that. Hanes, no, nah, I don't want that. Through the loom, no, nah, I don't want that. Oh, Norseman. Got a little cut on it, but eh, I'm good with that. Still got pride ego. Still got pride. You know, ain't got nothing. <laughs> Still got pride though, right? Got to look good at all costs, you know? But I don't know, man. I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear nothing in detox until I was there for probably about six days. And a guy came in and I on a panel and I heard what he said. God has a funny way of doing things. So never think that you know what God doing because if you did, you'd be God, okay? Mm -hmm. I went to the same recovery home that man had just moved out of. I ended up in the same room that man uh, was in. And two weeks later, when I picked the sponsor, come to find out it was the same sponsor that man had. Some people might say coincidence. I just say God. When I got here, I didn't want nothing to do with God. Number, number one, the things I've done in my younger years in Detroit, I could never repay. There is no ninth step amends for some of the things that I've done. I'm not proud of those things. Number two, God's on this side, I'm on this side. I can't get there. Number three, I come to these rooms and you guys are always telling me, surrender, surrender. <laughs> you. I ain't surrendering to nothing. Athletes don't surrender, period. But when I read Bill's story, he said, I had admitted complete defeat. I knew I had been defeated. I knew that drugs and alcohol had defeated me. But let me tell you, I get there on a Friday. I go see a lady take an eight-year chip on Sunday and see a guy I know from the streets. And I'm going to tell him what he needs to do to recover. Because I got the answers. I heard it from you guys, right? So I run over to the dude. I say, hey, what's up, dog? He say, oh, man, nothing, man. I'm just going to try to get myself together. I say, me too, man. Look, they're going to give out a book. You need to run and get that book like your life depends on. I ain't got a book, but you need to run and get this book <laughs> like your life depends on, right? I say, man, you got to get a sponsor, bro. I ain't got one, but you got to go get a sponsor and, and, and do whatever he tell you to do, bro. And one of the guys from one of them panels, he heard me. He came over, he tapped me on my shoulder. He said, I'm going to come here. Let me show you something. He took me out back. He popped his trunk. He opened the big book up to the first page. Ain't nothing there. He said, let's you know about recovery. And I got loaded that day. See, I don't know about you guys, but my emotions take me places I don't want to go. Don't let me get too happy. Don't let me get too sad. And damn sure don't let me get too damn mad. Because something's going to happen. My emotions take me places I never thought I'd go before. But you know what? I got back to that recovery home, and it was the most miserable high I ever had in my life. I got in that top bunk in the fetal position. I cried again, man. And I said, God, either kill me or do something because I can't do this no more. I'm tired. You know, I went to a meeting that night and then a few days later, my, my two weeks was up. And this man walked back in this backyard. He's about 6'4", 400 pounds. And I'm, I'm sitting there 
And I'm watching him when he come back there and he sat across from me and folded his arms. And you know what? I can see peace. Now, I don't know about you guys and how you got here, but that's all I wanted when I got here. All I wanted was some peace because my head was running all the time, all the time. And I had no peace, man. That's all I wanted, man. I didn't, I didn't care about nothing else. Just give me some peace. And I asked that man to sponsor me. And he told me something that I never forget. Number one thing he told me, he said, Andre, I don't need no friends. I got enough friends. He said, you can't read no book. So I advise you to go in that room and, and beg God for the willingness to put AA and God first. And that's what I did. But I don't hear too good when I get here. I don't know about you guys. I meet him again and he tells me, all right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, to, to read these pages, uh, underline the words you don't know, write the definition in the book, highlight anything you can relate to. I heard underline these words you don't know, highlight what you, you, know, you can relate to and call me when you're done. So when I meet him for the first time, he comes and uh, we meet at the Garden Grove Alano Club and he opens my book and he closes my book and he put his finger about this close in my face and he stood up over and he said, Andre, I just left my daughter and my, my daughter and my wife to come help you save your life and you can't even do the damn work. And he turned around and walked away and got in his car and drove off. And I cussed him out. <laughs> Why? Because I did part of it, ain't that enough? I did part of it. I cussed him out. On my ride home, I was probably about a quarter mile from the house where I was going, and it hit me. I'm doing the same thing I always do. I have asked stuff. I have asked everything that I do. But I want full benefits for everything that I do. Don't let my check be short. I've only been five minutes late for, for a month. You know what I mean? But I want 40 hours of pay every week. But I'm late every day and I'm late from lunch. But don't let my check be short. And it dawned on me, man. I'm doing the same thing I always do. I'm half-assing stuff. I got back to that, to that house, man, and uh, I walked in the door and these two guys, they had two years apiece. And they fighting. They like arguing at each other. Ah! One want to watch cops, one want to watch uh, Texas Rangers. <laughs> I got this big dictionary. I pulled it down and I looked up all the words and I called that man back and I said, hey man, will you still help me? He said, yeah. So I meet him for the second time. Meet him for the second time. You know, my favorite words is, yeah, uh-huh, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh -huh, yeah, I know. He politely looked at me and said, Andre, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he said, if you know so much, what do you need me for? I don't know about you, but that made sense to me. That made sense to me. It don't matter where I've been or what I've done or what I've had. I don't know how to stay sober. I know I do a lot of other things, but they can't go on a resume. I don't know how to stay sober, you know? And at that point, he became the teacher and I became the student. Book says most good ideas are simple. I kept it simple. And as we're going through this book, I started to learn. And I kept learning. And I kept learning. 
and I'm still learning. I don't have all the answers. If I don't know something, I don't know something. <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not here to run nobody's life. I follow the book the way the book is outlined. I don't put my twist on it. I don't run my program. I run the program, <laughs> you know, because I think I know something and I don't. Because this thing up here tells me that it's going to be different. It's never going to be different. It's never going to whether I whether I pick up casually or on purpose. The end is always the same. Homeless, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> it's always the same. I have to understand that Alcoholics Anonymous was here before me. I'm not here to change anything, but I am here to go exactly the way that book tells me to, to do it, and that's exactly what I do. I don't twist nothing. I don't change nothing. When people come to me, I don't give them my advice because my advice could get you loaded or kicked out of your house or broke up with your girlfriend. I don't, I don't get involved with that. That's not, that's not my business. The book tells me if I don't know what's right for me, how can I know what's right for you or anybody else? I don't tell people to call me every day. I remember I asked my spouse, I say, hey, you want me to call you every day? Say, hell no, Andre, I got a life. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have people calling me every day. I don't have people calling me every day. My sponsor and my grand sponsor and the guys that they sponsor, they took me under their wing. The book said I would be reborn. And I don't know what reborn means to anybody else, but my version of reborn is me starting all over again. <clears throat> and that's exactly what my life was like. I didn't know nothing about alcohol synonymous. I don't know how this thing works, you know? <clears throat> but the bottom line was they did. My sponsor had 14 years when he, when he helped me. And you know what? He, he told me, work with others, work with others, work with others, work with us. See right here, work with others, help somebody else. Your very life as an ex-problem drinker depends upon your constant thought of others and how you can help me take me. I'm like, what about my needs? Don't worry about your needs. Your needs will be taken care of. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. They told me, Andre, you know, I got a little job, right? They told me, Andre, don't worry about it. You can't look good and recover, but you can recover and then look good. I said, oh, okay, I like that. <laughs> but let me tell you, six months old, meet some old friends of mine, right? Birthday party. They've been knowing me, most of them from Detroit. They've been knowing me a long time. So I go to a birthday party. I had nine Perrier's in an hour. <laughs> I'm drinking alcoholically. I'm drinking alcoholically. Man, you talk about burping and farting. Oh my God. Don't drink nine Perrier's in an hour, okay? Not a good idea, okay? But you learn around here. And that's what it was about. I was learning. These guys spoon fed me alcohol synonymous. They changed my diaper because I peed a lot. You know, <laughs> they, they carried me through what I needed to go through. My first panel, my first panel, they said, I know you got 15 minutes. And I kept wondering why the guy kept calling me prior to that. Though. He kept calling me and calling me, you coming? You coming? You coming? I'm like, dude, I said I'm coming. And I asked him after the panel, why, why you call me so much? He said, guys, they, they flake out. I say, for real? Are you kidding me? Guys don't show up. I shared, he gave me 15 minutes. I shared 14 minutes of drunk log and one 
minute of recovery. <laughs> and everybody did like this. You know? When you don't know, you don't know. You can't teach what you don't know. But the big book gives clear-cut direction on everything I need to do. You know, it kills me because I, don't, I can't speak for other people. I can only speak for myself. I, do, I don't put nothing in front of Alcoholics Anonymous and God. That's my ex-wife. I don't put nothing, <laughs> zero, before Alcoholics Anonymous and God. It's just not going to happen. Because, see, I'd rather be by myself sober than by myself loaded. I know for a fact it would be a hell of a fire sale at my place if I got loaded. I'm not trying to go out like that. I see relapse. They all had the same story. I stopped. And what does the book say? It's the easiest thing to do. I ain't going to that meeting tonight. I know Jay ain't going to share. I, I already know what she's going to say. I could probably tell you what she's going to say. I ain't going. I'm tired. My tired wasn't what I was looking for, what I had to get. You know, for once in my life, I'm a free man. I go anywhere a free man go. I can't say that when I'm getting low. I go wherever that shit takes me. Wherever it takes me and whatever it tells me to do, that's what I do. Because that's what I have to have. You know, today, life is exactly where it's supposed to be. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you, you got to do alcohol synonymous. You ain't got to do shit. <laughs> we going to stay sober, though. <laughs> I can tell you that, you know. When I got here, my life was so screwed up. I would ask my sponsor, I say, man, what is it that I got to do? He said, man. Don't worry about it. We got a chapter for that. Why don't you read the doc's opinion? So I read the doc's opinion. I find I got out. You know, uh, I, I, I'm I'm to life. I'm in full flight from reality. You know, I find out that you know what this disease that it can be switched. It found out that I formed a habit that I you know I didn't know I had a habit, but I formed a habit through continuous use. And when I found I couldn't break it, hey, I got jacked up. They told me for off the emotional appeal self suffice. And that what I needed was depth and weight. And that in order to recreate my life, it had to come from a far greater than myself. And I say, yeah, that's good stuff, man. I say, but you know what, man? I, that, that really don't mean nothing. He said, I don't worry about it. We got a chapter for that. Why don't you read Bill's story? So I started reading Bill's story. And I was like, dude, I ain't got nothing. But this, this is getting drunk every time I turn around, bro. I ain't like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? He said, but Andre, he, he was trying to stop. I said, oh, okay. So I keep on reading, and then he stops, and then he finds out that, you know what? <sighs> he had to have his newfound friend take him away, root and branch, everything. And he talks about, you know, what it takes to establish this relationship with this power. You know, belief in God plus enough honesty, humility, and open-mindedness, you know, to establish and, and maintain this power that I tap into, and that if I fail to enlarge my spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, I can't survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool, man. But, you know, I really don't think that really applies to me. He said, I say, I need something, man. I need some kind of solution in my life. He said, Andre, don't worry about it. We got a, we got a chapter for that. It's called There's a Solution. I said, really? <laughs> so I started reading There's a Solution. And I come to find out that y'all didn't even like the solution. <laughs> Y'all didn't like the leveling of your pride, the confession of the shortcoming with the process required for successful consummation. Y'all didn't even like it. But y'all telling me to do it. You know? 
but they say it worked in others. You know, it worked in others. And so I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. But it's just really not enough to really make me just want to stop, you know? He said, I don't worry about it. We got a chapter for that. It's called More About Alcoholism. <laughs> I said, cool. I said, they, they read that in every read too. He said, yeah, they do. I said, all right, let me, let me, let me read that. So I started reading that. And I was like, whoa, dude, I did that. I could not keep myself. The insane idea won out. I'm insane. What am I going to do? He said, I don't worry about it. We got a chapter for that. It's called We Agnostic. <laughs> I say, for real? I need a guy, bro. He said, just read it. So I started reading it, right? And come to find out I'm crushed by a self-imposed crisis. I did this to myself. Nobody did this to me. I did this to myself. And it said down deep down that every man, woman, and child was the fundamental idea of God. I was like, cool. And it was talking about these 42 stories in the back and, and all this stuff. And I'm getting real excited, dude. I said, man, I need to know how this shit works, bro. He said, I don't worry about it. We got a chapter for that. It's called How It Works. <laughs> I say, no, man, y'all got a chapter for every damn thing around here, right? So I started reading that and I come to find out, man, that uh, I have to be convinced that any life ran on self-will can hardly be a success or else I can't even attempt to do step three. I come to find out that step three won't hold me. That, you know, I have to go further than that. I got to take an inventory and I got to be willing to get rid of some things. And I got to be willing to tell somebody something. And I got to hear this. And I got to do all these different things that I have to do around here. And I say, man, why do I have to do so much? He said, you got to clear all of this garbage out. I say, ain't nothing there. He said, just, just do it. And I did it. I asked you, what does it about? I'm ready. I'm ready. I said, I'm ready, man. I said, I'm ready to get into some action. And he said, we got a chapter for that. It's called Into Action. And you know, when I got into action, man, everything in my life changed. You know, when I told that man all the dirt that I told him and everything else, and I did, you know, all the rest of those steps, life just seemed to open up for me. And then I got to step 10 and it told me a new life has been given. Says that's the miracle of it. I'm not fighting it. You know, I'm not afraid to go places where people drink. Don't bother me. I lost that privilege. I gave it away. I don't know what it'll take for you, but I hope you find it. That's all I got. Thanks.